We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The names behind the numbers. The stories behind the names. This is the Her Hoop Stats Podcast with John Little. I don't think we got our just due. I don't think we were treated like other number one teams in the country this year or the previous year. The biggest newsmakers, the best storytellers, the Her Hoop Stats podcast. Here's your host, John Little. We might be social distancing, but I can still touch your ears. Welcome into the Her Hoop Stats podcast. I'm John Little. Great to have you here for another week. I hope you're holding up through whatever version of social distancing you are having to go through this week. Like I said last week, I hope you're finding joy in your life. I hope you're able to keep it humming. Uh, Look forward to brighter days in this country and around the world. And certainly that's what we're hoping for here at Her Hoop Stats. Great to have you with us. Hey, make sure to rate and review the podcast whenever you get a chance over on Apple Podcasts. A lot of people have done that. Thank you so much. And if you review it, give it a nice little, uh, nice little review. You bet I'll read it on the air. And look at this. We've got a new one today. Yes, we do. And so I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it right now, but I can't do it without my music. Let's crank that stuff up. Oh, yes. Perfect reading music. Uh, This one comes from... You ever look at somebody's username and you're like, I'm not really sure the way to say this. Because usernames are just sometimes kind of like that, right? Well, this is either MF from As or MF from As or something like that. But uh, And and maybe it's neither of those things. But uh, here's what they had to say. John Little is a perfect moderator. Okay, This is definitely my mom's burner account. He is very talented. I am a new women's basketball fan as the women's team at the U of A in Tucson has been so much fun to watch. 
These podcasts are a perfect distraction to the daily grind, and especially during a stressful time in our country. Thanks for such a positive and interesting distraction slash new hobby. Well, you are welcome. What a year the U of A had this year, and that's the saddest thing to me in all this, that the NCAA Women's Basketball Tournament gets canceled, and teams like... Adia Barnes team at Arizona. They haven't been to the tournament in 15 years. And they don't get to see their their name up there in lights. And, and they don't get to, hey, maybe they can still raise a banner. I don't know. But uh, they certainly uh, would have been right there. I, I also talked today, actually, to Mike Neighbors, the head coach at Arkansas. And you'll hear that in a couple Mondays from now. And uh, he was very much the same way. Arkansas hasn't been for a few years. It's time that that program returns to prominence. And Coach Neighbors has certainly brought them to that point. They don't get to do it. So uh, absolutely a shout out uh, to your U of A Wildcats. What a great season they had. And we really appreciate that review. So like I said, if you want to leave a review, I'd be happy to read it on the air. Well, there is not much that needs to be said about our next guest, the absolute great Don Staley, the head coach of South Carolina, the head coach of the team that finishes the season as the number one team in the nation. And they've got that to be really excited about. But at the same time, they didn't get a chance to prove themselves in the postseason. And have you peeped Don Staley on Twitter here recently? Uh, she's not necessarily excited when anybody starts uh, ramping up any of the other top teams in the nation. I'm sure you can think know who she's talking about there. Uh, as, you know, we didn't get to see them play the rest of the season when they start thinking about those other teams rather than her South Carolina Gamecocks. She, uh, she kind of cocks her head to the side and says, uh, really? Oh, really? Also, she's, of course, the head coach of the Olympic team as well, which, my gosh, how cool is that? I I mean, this is just an awesome get. I know she's wonderful and she wants to speak to as many people as she can, but I am truly, truly humbled that she would come on our little show and speak to us, the basketball fan, speak to you, the women's basketball supporter. So let's get right to it. On this week's show, Number one in the land, and nobody can take that away from them, the head coach of the South Carolina Gamecocks, Don Staley. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me, and I really appreciate it. Well, it's been a crazy week for everybody in our own ways, and I was talking to somebody today about how much this pandemic has touched everybody's life in some sort of way. It's not just, uh, you know, our leaders. It's not just the sports world. I mean, it's everybody in some way. So tell us a little bit about what your week has been like. It's now exactly a week since the NCAA tournament uh, was canceled. There's been highs and lows. Obviously, the lows are we don't get to prep for a NCAA tournament championship. Um, we, we've had to mend some of our players' hearts because they were set on competing for a national championship. You don't just get here every single year of your career. And when you're here, um, as high as we are, you, you want to finish it. So it leaves a sour taste in our mouths. But in the whole grand scheme of things, People are losing their lives. Family members are losing family members. And each and every day, you know, we the number of people affected by the, the coronavirus 
It's rising. And, and we need to get control of it. The high side of it is um, we've been named the number one team in the country uh, by the two sources that we recognize um, so very much, and that's the AP and the ESPN coaches poll. And when you are able to be recognized in that way, and and it's with overriding um, votes, um, and it's different people that's voting. It, it makes you feel good. It makes you feel like your kids did something right and your kids had a, a, a tremendous year that they didn't want to end. Well, there's no doubt that uh, your kids had a tremendous year. Uh, I was reading today that you told them by group texts, and um, I'm sure it was tough to not be together on that day and not being able to gather them together, but you had to get that news to them in, in the fastest way possible. What was that like? I mean, it was bittersweet because I'm I'm running against the clock because the NCAA had already they put it out on Twitter, and our kids are just social media crazed. So I wanted to get it out before they see it and and not really respond to me. And I wanted to be the first one to tell them that because it it allows an opportunity for them to place their emotions in one place and get their thoughts together because I'm sure their families and, you know, some media uh, people may want to Want, want to know their raw thoughts and if they could put their raw thoughts um, in our group text, maybe they can see the big picture um, and, and know that somebody else is impacted far greater than than what we lost the, the ability to do. You know, that's a great point that, uh, you know, especially in today's day and age, you've got to be able to have that that filter, you know, that person to bounce off of, I, you know, one of those things, <laughs> I'm sure we've all said this in our personal lives, you know, I would never tweet this, but blah, 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 right, blah. <laughs> right, right. And it couldn't be, it might not even be that, you know, that bad or offensive or whatever, but just not what you want to put out there publicly. So that's, mm-hmm. that's such a, a great point, coach. Uh, you know, when, when the news first came out, uh, you know, I, I think we're all, um, looking back at it now and being like, uh, I mean, uh, just with the current state a week later, there's no question the right call was made. Uh, mm-hmm. Was uh, was there any sense at that moment like, I, I don't know, can you, can we reconsider? Can we think about postponing? Uh, what was your thought when the immediate reaction when it was made? What what were your raw thoughts as you want to say them? <laughs> well, um, I, I felt for our players. I felt for our, our seniors. Like, I I try to just envision what they were going through, what they were feeling, because I was numb. I was numb. And and maybe sometimes it takes me a little while longer to process things and to really just put my feelings on it. You know, I consider myself a strong person. So I had to, you know, I, I had to build up myself to give me strength to help our players through it, to help our staff through it. And then when everything settles down, I put my feelings in it. And quite honestly, once they decided on that last Thursday, I I had to talk to um a reporter that wanted to get our brought my you know, some of the top coaches in the country, our thoughts on 
what we were feeling. And then honestly, I I got mad. Here's why I got mad. This I don't know if this is the place to do it, but um, you asked me my raw thoughts and my feelings, and I'm going to give them to you. I thought that um, our team, being the number one team in the country for over half the – for about half of the season, I don't think we got our just due. I don't think we were treated like other number one teams in the country this year or the previous year. I felt like our team – just kept getting passed by individuals as well as our entire team. For what reason? I I don't know. But the narrative didn't point to South Carolina, the great job that our players were doing, um, especially with having such a young roster, such a young starting lineup. We didn't didn't talk about that enough. And because my kids are, are hurting, because my kids text me and ask me why we be why are we so disrespected. This was this was on a Friday after they shut it down. I had no words for them, and because I had no words for them, I hurt for them. So it puts me in fight mode. Like I gotta fight for my kids because you know what what happened to them, and they got their heads down during the season. I got my head down during the season, but I'm I am taking notes taking notes as to why people say things, why people do things, why people post things, and why people can't report facts on on our sport. No, were we the were we the favorites coming in? No, absolutely not. But when the favorites that are coming into our sport or our year, our season, if they're not at the top from day one, you know, to the last day, then whoever has that top spot needs to be highlighted in some way and respected in some regard, in some regard. And I just don't think that happened for South Carolina. So that makes me angry because we weren't able to change the narrative um, by winning a national championship. For your team coming into the NCAA tournament, it sounds like they were really looking forward to probably in your minds, proving everybody wrong, or or those that uh, were a little bit more in love with other teams around the country than your team, Mm -hmm. that they had a ton to prove over the course of March and April, it sounds like. Yeah, we had a chip on our shoulder. We never played to the number one team in the country, the ranking. We never played to that. Once we found out, and I set our players up, when we, I think it was January 13th, or the game before that, we played Vandy, and um, Oregon lost, and somebody else lost. It was like Oregon and Oregon State lost. It was just a weird <clears throat> week. It was yeah, yeah. Everybody is that week where everybody was uh, losing up there at the top, and I think I right. even remember commenting about it on the on the podcast. Like, all right, who do we put at number one? And it ended up right. being you guys. And there you go. So, and I'll, I'll let you pick it up from there. So I said, look. There's a high possibility that we're going to be the number one team in the country come tomorrow. You've earned it with your play. And I just hope that you don't allow the ranking nor any external influences in our in our circle. If, if that's the case, then enjoy it. You deserve it. And, and, and that's what happened. So we gave our kids social media. We let them enjoy that. We let them enjoy it. 
We let them post. We let them feel good about themselves. And then when it was time for us on Tuesday to get back in the swing of things, we turned the page. And we just kept put our nose to the ground. And we just kept escalating our play. Not because we were the number one team in the country, but because we enjoyed each other. Because they wanted to win. Because they genuinely cared for each other. So all of those things, we were strengthened because of where we are and what we were doing. It was just such an interesting group of players, uh, like you said, weren't expected uh, to be uh, the number one team in the land. You had two key seniors returning, and then you had a bevy, uh, the, the maybe the best recruiting class ever. I guess we'll see how that goes down the line, but certainly uh, the most well thought of for this year starting three freshmen the entire season. It was such an interesting makeup. What was it like putting those five together, and how did they work so well together? In you know, it, it doesn't seem like an optimal starting lineup for a coach to throw together, but why did it work? I mean, I, I think it worked because, quite honestly, our, our freshman class, they came in as the number one recruiting class. And there was a lot of hype around them coming, but when they first when they first got to campus, they're like green, you know. They're like they're green. They're wide open. They don't know what's coming, what's going. They don't care what what was written about them. They they came to campus only wanting to win, and they came a little frightened. They didn't come with like you know pounding their chest. They came in with wanting to work, wanting to get better wanting to do their part in order for our team to be successful, listening, big skill, listening. And they came with so much respect for the for our older players who were here. And they knew, like, there's a pecking order. Although I'm coming in highly recruited, I know my place. I'm going to give it to our, our seniors. This is their, you know, this is their team. I just want to be a part of it. So it was, it was kind of cool to see that dynamic take place. And I think it it put our returners, all of them, at ease. Because if they were jerks about it, this thing couldn't have worked. Because they were already getting probably more publicity than any other class that we've gotten here at South Carolina. And it's a, it's a little intimidating when, if you're a senior, you're trying to go to the, to the league, you got these youngsters getting all the pub. It takes you back, consciously or subconsciously. So, you know, they they came in just wanting to work, just putting in work, just coming in the gym early, leaving late, coming late, getting extra workouts in, um, listening. And they they were holding on to everything that Ty and Kiki had to say. And anybody that had any constructive thoughts that, that will help them, they were looking for people to help them. As far as Ty and Kiki go, how much do you think in the last 12 months they improved as players and improved as pro prospects as somebody that you know has been there in the WNBA as an alt, as a great player and and knows what it takes to succeed in that league and obviously you're looking for olympians so you're looking for players at the highest level how did those two improve their prospects for their future this year well I, i'll start with ty ty has always been somewhat of an old pro. I mean, I knew she had a gift. She's the consummate point guard. She, her basketball IQ was off the charts. 
um, her ability to to explain the game to younger players, uh, her ability to know when to push and when to pull, and her ability to to manage a basketball team. And she's just got a cool personality. It's thought she honed those skills incredibly from her freshman year to her senior year. And I'm I'm so happy that she got the type of team in which allowed her and her skill set to come out. Both just intangible and tangible things. Because she was by far the engine that made us go. She was our general. It is those type of skill sets, that type of skill set that's going to allow her to have the, the very similar success. Um, Kiki, I mean, Kiki has grown up tremendously, just maturing, took basketball a lot more serious, took her conditioning a lot more serious. People really didn't know that Kiki had the type of skill set that she has, like her ability to score. She's got an incredible mid-range. You know, she's consistent shooting the three. Uh, she's got, she takes these long uh, international um, steps to the basket because she is international. But we couldn't get to all of those things because she was tired. She wasn't in shape. So this year, she changed that. Like, Kiki could only go two to three minutes first. So she couldn't showcase her talent in that amount of time. But now when she's able to go, I mean, I played her for whole quarters at any given time. You're able to see everything that she has to offer, rebounding, blocking shots, keeping somebody in front of her, her speed. You see all of those things. Again, I'm so happy that we had the type of team that will allow her to show her entire arsenal of moves and skill set. Uh, we just found out today, uh, Aaliyah Boston, second team All-American by the AP as a freshman. Uh, I mean, that's just an incredible note. How do you challenge her now? You know, the biggest challenge that Aaliyah has, she creates for herself. That's the beauty of her. When I say this, you're not going to believe me, but she hasn't really reached her full potential. It's, it's just the tip of the iceberg. Like I say this, and she'll probably think otherwise, but this is what I feel. I don't feel like Aaliyah is the, the type of player right now that we could throw that ball to her 20 times and she delivers, you know, more than half. That's where we're going to work to get towards. And maybe she, we don't give her the ball 20 times, but she, she'll make the right decision while having the ball in her hands, while being double teamed, um, while reading a single coverage um, or, or reading, you know, hitting the, the point guard on the backside, you know, after someone, someone tries to take her, you know, left or right shoulder away. So she's got to become a better reader um, in those instances. I mean, she's got it. I mean, she's going to have to become a better outside shooter. The three, her, her three-point range, she's got it. Now she's just got to be more consistent with it. She's comfortable shooting it now, which, which I love. Her mid-range is pretty good, but could be better. I mean, she hasn't reached it yet. And, and I'll tell you this. I read very early on our fans. We got, I call them fans. Our, you know, the people that support us, um, 
they wrote, they they posted on Twitter, like our freshman class. They said, and this is the worst they're gonna be in their careers. And I, it kind of made me laugh because it's so true. They're they're they play extremely well this year, but this is the worst that they're gonna play, and that's so encouraging. It's it's a beautiful thing uh, if you're the head coach of South Carolina women's basketball. So if if you know her, tell her that uh, yeah, that things are looking up. That's awesome. Um, you know, I, I know that uh, the Olympics at, at this point are on. With the knowledge of what you just went through a week ago, with having um, it, it's kind of the same thing. You got the number one team, and you don't get to. Um, and you don't get to complete it. And who knows about the Olympics? I don't want to speak disparagingly about the Olympics, but but truly, at this point, they're they're up in the air. What's your attitude toward that? How are you trying to keep those players that might eventually be on that team uh, ready, or do you just count on them to be ready if they're called <coughs> upon because uh, because they're all great pros and and wonderful players? You know the the, the players that that makes up an Olympic team. They're the most motivated individuals. They're the most mentally stable. They're the most mentally, like, they got the most mental stability and stamina. So they're, they're going to be ready to play. You know, matter if it's in the end of July or if it's postponed to the end of the year, they're going to have their minds and bodies ready to rock and roll um, if we're able to play um, in, in Tokyo this particular year, you know, so I don't, that's not a worry um, for us is us being able to, to prep before, because, you know, if the games are on, then that means the WNBA is probably playing. Um, where do we get our prep time? I don't know, but we got a lot. We did get a lot. I mean, who, who will be the 12 players? The committee's got a tremendous hurdle in front of them to pick 12 players. I mean, it's tough. You know, but I know the 12 players that will make up our Olympic team will be ready to, to go and defend our gold medals. Uh, you've been involved with the Olympics for a long, long time. What what keeps you coming back there? Why do you love being a part of that event? The, the reason why I love going back to playing with USA Basketball, um, because it takes you back to my childhood days in which I played just for the pure love of the game. And it takes me back to those innocent days where I really didn't care who was scoring, who was passing. I just wanted to win. Because if you win in my neighborhood, you get to continue to play and stay on the court. If you win the Olympic Games, you, can't, you continue to stay and play through the medal rounds. If you can t- continue to play as good you get to go to the gold medal game and every single olympic game that i participated in whether it's as a player or a coach that is what takes place it is the type of year that i had this year with my south carolina team like it felt like an olympic team because everybody came together and everybody was genuinely happy for each other and everybody just wanted to win it didn't matter who scored the most points who got the most rebounds who got the most blocks who got the the better highlights it was just win it was just win 
that's what keeps me coming back to USA Basketball. There's something to be said that it's not, you know, tainted by money and sponsorships and, you know, max contracts and things like that, which I, I'm so happy for the WNBA players that those just, you know, got mm-hmm. uh, got taken up a level. But it's but it's not about that. If you play for Team USA, it's not about that stuff at all. It's not. I mean, it, it is about just taking care of business and, and making sure we don't embarrass embarrass our country by not by by falling short of, of winning the gold medal. In these uncertain times that we're in, do you find that to former players or even current players, uh, these players that you have relationships with as a coach, do you find yourself being called on as a mentor, as a friend in these times where we're just not sure what's going on as a, as a people right now? Does that part of your life get magnified? I mean, I got a lot of I got a lot of friends in this business. <laughs> they're reaching out to me like they're checking up on me before I can get to them. I don't know, you know, why God put so so many great people in my life, but He has. I mean, He has, and I'm thankful for it. I do reach out and check check some some of my other friends, um, my family members. We greet each other every morning with a good morning, family. I've been wanting to do something in our community somehow some way so i reached out to one of the um journalists um to see if there's anything if any you know senior citizens that need anything that i can go and help i reached out to our sheriff his name is sheriff leon lott i asked the sheriff if there's anything that i can do um to go in our community and help so for the last two days i've been out um doing ride-alongs with um some some um deputies and just making sure that, you know, people in different neighborhoods are are good. They don't need anything. And it's been pretty cool just to see servants of our of our of our state, of our city, just protect and serve and just create relationships in, in different neighborhoods. The places we went, people were asking the, the deputy about his family. They were because he knew them. I mean, he's become ingrained in their neighborhood. So he's not just patrolling it. You know, he he's developed friendships and relationships with people in the neighborhood. And I just think that's so incredibly cool to witness to be a part of. Uh, what gave you the motivation to, to reach out like that? Why did that uh, kind of call to you as a way to way to serve during this time? Well, I I, I am a, a special deputy of the sheriff. So I know him. He's my friend, and he's given me badges over the years. So, you know, I've I've done ride-alongs with him. I wasn't on live PD, but I was in his car behind the cameras. So I, I saw kind of how that operated a couple of years ago. But I I wanted to help, and I just didn't know where to turn besides those people who are in a position to get information to help. You know, the journalist, her name is Judy Gasson. I reached out to her two days ago. She finally, she sent me um, two things that I can do. Um, The Children's Hospital, they've run out of um, coloring books and books and, you know, things that people normally do, normally donate during, you know, any given time. But because of the coronavirus People aren't donating. People aren't giving because they can't. They're not wearing the shutdown. So I'm gonna go to 
you know, Target, Walmart, and round up as much coloring books and crayons and anything I can get my hands on and take over to the children's hospital because they can't go anywhere. Like, we can actually get in our cars and go and do things in our community. They're they're stuck there because they're ill. So I want to, I just want to help. I just want I just want to help people because, you know, it just seems like this coronavirus has everybody on edge. And rightfully so, but there's also opportunity to go and help some other people out. And one thing, one way to get your mind off of your own trials or whatever, and I don't mean you necessarily, yes. I mean our own trials, is to is to think about other people, is to is to reach out to other people. And I, I think that's that's wonderful you're doing that, and that's inspiring for everybody listening as well. So thank you so much for doing that. Thank you. Really appreciate that. Coach, I can't thank you enough for your time. We wish you the very, very best, Coach, and uh, thank you for spending so much time with us. Thank you so much, and thank you for doing this and supporting women's basketball. There she is, Dawn Staley, the head coach of the South Carolina Gamecocks, and, man, um, spending 30 minutes with us talking about her team and her season and what's to come for the Olympic team and everything. What a pleasure. How lucky are we? So cool. Uh, Coming up next week on the show, I've already got it lined out. I've got a couple lined out here for you. Erica Agumake, the tiniest Agumake, is coming up next week on the show. I can't wait to bring it to you. We hear about her story um, of her uh, becoming one of the best players that Rice women's basketball has ever seen. Uh, What it's like growing up as an Agumake and being a part of that basketball dynasty. What's coming up in her future. There is so much to talk about with Erica Gumake, such an interesting person. Can't wait to bring it to you. And then, like I said, Coach Neighbors is coming up soon as well from the University of Arkansas. And if you have anybody that you'd like to hear from, uh, hey, make sure to send us an email, podcast at herhoopstats.com, podcast at herhoopstats.com, and we will absolutely attempt it at least. Uh, we can't help but try. I tried Sabrina this past week. It didn't quite work out, but I still tried. And maybe we'll get her one day. Um, But if there's anybody that you want to hear from, uh, would absolutely be uh, happy to ask and and see if we can get that done. Thank you so much to Coach Staley for coming on the show this week. The producer of the Her Hoop Stats podcast is Aaron Barzilai. Our music is by Jared Deck, jareddeckmusic.com. And our announcer is Susie Solis. For everybody, I'm John Little, reminding you at the Her Hoop Stats podcast, we are unlocking better insight about the women's game. Her Hoop Stats. Her Hoop Stats.